0: Good evening. The Bible reading tonight is from Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night, my heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed, The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth your thunder was heard in the whirlwind, your lightning lit up the world, the earth trembled and quaked, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron.
1: Good evening, hello, my name's Jono, Jonathan. And I'm gonna pray. Lord Almighty, wonderful things we read of you, wonderful things we know of you. And yet I confess that I'm quick to forget. Remind us, not just in words from a mouth to ears, but your spirit to our hearts. Put things in there that won't be easily forgotten or washed away or burnt up. Put in there everlasting things, Lord, that will go on and on. Your love, O Lord, in our hearts, in the knowledge of your love for us, and a love for others. Give us your blessing, Lord, not because of our worthiness, but because of your kindness, not because of our goodness, but because of yours, whom we love and whom we adore, in whom i ask that your name would be held on high amen how can i know you love me lord how can i know you love me this may not be the direct question of our psalmist asaph but i believe it is at the heart of his groaning and it's at the heart of the answer that he seeks at the heart of his appeal god's saints are at times given over to great sorrow david frequently cries to the lord in the psalms my soul is greatly troubled job cries i'm allotted months of emptiness nights of misery are apportioned to me i loathe my life and even our beloved jesus was acquainted with grief He's described as a man of sorrows, and we can frequently read that he retreated to moments of solitude and prayer. And on the night of his betrayal, he prayed in such agony that his sweat became like great drops of blood. Yes, God's saints will feel sorrow, and often that sorrow springs forth from the thought that God has turned his back forgotten us, that he's turned a blind eye to our troubles, we've fallen out of favour with him perhaps, or he does not hear us, does not care, perhaps the road ahead feels more than you can bear, or the weight on your shoulders more than you can carry. So where do you hide when enemies surround you? Where do you run when you feel all alone? What shelter is there? For you when the storms threaten what refuge when the waves look to overwhelm you and drown you you've knocked at heaven's door you've lifted your voice to god most high but the silence is crushing what now we read of asaph he stretches out untiring hands He's kept from sleep but there'll be a blessing in it for so it is who all for all who wait on the Lord it's usual for us to rest at the end of the day we're tired but we must remember that the Lord does not sleep or slumber but goes about his work night and day for he is Lord of both And sometimes wonderful works are accomplished in the dead of night for example Abram who waited all day to hear from God and it wasn't until the sunset that the Lord spoke and made a wonderful covenant with him or Jacob who found himself wrestling with a man before the Sun was up and not letting him go until he received a blessing Paul and Silas who would sing hymns at midnight and then their chains broken and the dungeon doors opened. And Asaph, whose eyes are kept from closing until he finds the answer he is seeking. And I must conclude that sometimes there's a good reason for our sleeplessness, some good reason for our restlessness. For God is at work, and perhaps there is something for us to learn from him. For the Lord does one thing, and then another, and I don't think I overstepped the mark in saying that we all have a lot to learn, and I think it will surprise us, or surprise me, often what God wants to teach us. Asaph is in the pit of despair, and though he can remember times of gladness, they seem so far away now. Perhaps once he felt he could run without his foot striking a stone, yet now he stumbles at every turn. Perhaps once he felt carried on the wings of an eagle, and now there are ceaseless obstacles that stand in his way. Perhaps once all his enemies were underfoot, yet now they surround him and overpower him. Perhaps it is or has been so with you. You have at one time richly known God's love and mercy for you. There was nothing you were more sure of with all your heart. And your heart was filled with joy and peace and you knew it came from God. Now you groan and feel unsure of anything and everything. A Zambian preacher once told me, Salah means take a breath and pause, consider. How can a man enjoy a good thing enjoy good thing from good things from above feel as if he has fed food from heaven feel embraced in the arms of love one moment and then later doubt it all unfortunately it's common to people because we're fickle creatures not doing the good we intend to avoiding um doing the evil we intended to avoid And I remember times when life was like this. I'd drive home from church, tears pouring down my face, my heart feeling so full it might explode. So much joy, belting out hymns at the top of my lungs, singing terribly and not caring, because I had to praise the one who paid it all. Overflowing joy, overflowing peace. But then the heat of the day The taunts of friends the pain of evil the shame of sin the struggles of life sorrow burdens anxiety depression and i have cried as asaph cries i have questioned as asaph questions have you also have you ever asked the questions that asaph does asaph asks will the lord reject forever And I think to myself, it would be right for him to cast me off. How can a righteous God welcome a sinful man like me? Asaph asks, will he never show his favor again? And I think to myself, I've earned curses, not blessings. I didn't earn his favor at the first. How can I earn it now? Asaph asks, has his unfailing love vanished forever? And here I begin to stumble. or here I think the tide starts to turn. Because I consider, how can unfailing love vanish? Certainly it cannot, can it? If it vanished, it was not unfailing love. And Asaph asks, has his promise failed for all time? And I think, God's promises fail? Mine, yes, but his? Who could bend his arm? Who could persuade him? It cannot be. And Asaph asks, Has God forgotten to be merciful? And I think, The one whose earthly throne is called the mercy seat? The one whose house sinners flee to for forgiveness? And who is mercy for? Not for the upright. But for the crooked, the criminal, the outlaw, he who abides by the Lord doesn't seek mercy. The lawbreaker needs mercy. And Asaph asks, Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Who? The God who the prophet Jonah would sooner flee from than preach for? So convinced was he of God's willingness to forgive? Jonah cries, we read. He says, Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? While so quick to flee Tarshish, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take my life, for it is better for me to live, to die than to live. So angry was, it God, was he at God because he was willing to forgive the Assyrians. And we find in Asaph's questioning a confronting truth that presents itself. What has brought about his doubt? And indeed, why do we doubt God at all? If God has not rejected Asaph, what has made him question it? We do not read anywhere in scripture that Jesus cried out in this way. And I think we must conclude that the fault lies in us, the person. And indeed, it was a startling day when I considered that my own heart would deceive me. Me, the person it belonged to. Shouldn't it be loyal to me? What I mean to say is my own heart and mind produced thoughts that were both treacherous and deceptive to it. The life of whom it ought to be loyal. Like a king who poisons his own wine and then cries, murder! But I'm convinced that this is true. And it is indeed what we find here in Psalm 77. Because has Asaph been rejected? Does God despise him, care not for his troubles? Or has his own heart convinced him of this lie? Does the Lord delight in his misery? Or has he convinced himself of it? Is he being punished for his sins? Or has an enemy whispered this to a heart? says it loudly than it ought to to answer this we must with asaph consider all of the evidence both the old and the new first i want to read something from ephesians so if you'd like to turn there it's ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 to 19. For this reason I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name I pray that out of its his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God I wanted to read this because it draws attention to our need of divine strength to comprehend God's love for us in Christ it's not something that we are capable of grasping without help and now let's consider the evidence we'll start with the old As Asaph does he appeals to God's mighty deeds and there's almost too much to tell here and the words of the Apostle John seem relevant if every one of them was written down I suppose that even the whole world would not have the room for the books that would be written and what was good for Asaph is good for us also is it not a comfort to remember Jacob the man Whom God revealed himself to whose eyes were open to see a stairway from earth into the heavens and angels ascending and descending who wrestled with God and sought a blessing who though his uncle mistreated him God cared for him and is it not a comfort to remember Joseph who was sold into slavery by his own brothers who was falsely accused and imprisoned forgotten in Egypt and yet was to be remembered as a great rescuer, a saviour and leader. Is it not a comfort to remember that Israel were slaves in Egypt, and yet God heard their cry? Miserable as they were, they cried out to him, and it says he heard them and rescued them. And God showed that the most powerful of foes are no match for him. Egypt was in mourning, and Israel was set free. Egypt impoverished. And Israel enriched is it not a comfort to consider that one generation of Israel were slaves in Egypt and the next inherited a fruitful land all of their own and it would have been even sooner if they'd just been willing to go in and take it is it not true that our God is a holy God a God who has made himself known in regards to power able to work miracles in regards to kindness listen to him speak of Israel In Deuteronomy 1 30 to 31 the Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the desert there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place God speaks of his people as a father a son whom he carries and is there not such a banquet of love here for the lonely is there not streams of encouragement here for the downhearted instruction for the wayward look at the mighty deeds of God who turned heaven and earth upside down to rescue his people look at the way he defends the oppressed and overthrows tyrants Whatever ails you, surely the Almighty is the remedy, surely worth calling on, surely worth waiting for. And yet the best has not even been spoken of. Asaph filled his heart with these delights, and yet it was just the entree. The main course was yet to be served. And as we look at the evidence, now we turn to the new. Asaph looked back to his ancestors, Jacob and Joseph. He considered God's mighty deeds, his miracles of long ago, and in them he made his appeal. He looked to the great deeds of God and saw in them such love, such a wondrous God, such a faithful God, such a promise keeper, such a powerful worker of miracles, such a rescuer, such a savior, such love as to comfort him. How could Asaph think God did not care when God had gone to such great lengths to show he does care? And what of you and I? The promises of of old are excellent ones. They're wonderful. But ours are even better. Let me tell you of things you have already heard and know. A virgin conceiving a child, born of a woman and the Holy Spirit, shepherds in a field surrounded by light, and the heavens opened, an angel seen, sing, singing and praising God, a baptism and a voice from heaven declaring, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Goodness, goodness, and more goodness. A man born blind receiving back his sight. Who has heard of such things? The lame walking, the sick healed, demon oppressed set free. And then a false arrest, the flogging of an innocent man, and a crucifixion. A person might give up their own life for the one they love, but I wonder how many would be willing to give up the apple of their eye, the life of their only son. There is no greater sacrifice known to man, and yet it is what God gave to show who he is and rescue people from destruction. I found myself on my bed one afternoon with a great heartache. I knew that God was good, and I certainly wasn't. My sins before I knew him were grievous, but the ones I'd committed since knowing him were torturous. There were many ways in which God had helped me, shown himself to me openly, privately, and yet I found myself a thirsty man Without a water there was seemed to be no consoling my heart and soul and I cried out to God Lord how can I know that you love me how can I know and two words came to mind two words that I'll always remember the cross Asaph looked at what God was willing to do to rescue his people to encourage himself. How much more are we able to, knowing what we know, the cross? If God was not for us, why go to such lengths to show himself so? Though Asaph is sleepless, pained and troubled, he finds a pleasing meditation, that God is for him, cares for him, and has gone to great lengths, remarkable lengths, to make it known. Isn't that a lesson worth learning? But not quite the end of our psalm. I remember a day on my own in rough seas. I was at the beach, I swam out, the sets came in. As many of us might have experienced, you come up from un- under one wave, and the next one's already on top of you, throws you under, you're tumbling underwater. You, can't, you think you're gonna come up for an, an- a breath, but another wave's already hit you. I was getting half breaths. My lungs were starting to burn. I was trying to remain calm, but there was a terror gro- growing within me. My body raged to reach the surface for a breath. down again but then I felt the sand on my feet and I came up and I took a breath I tell this story because the ocean cared nothing for my life I may have drowned as countless have in those uncaring waters how many have the seas swallowed the sinking of ships the shouts of terror the tears of loss and yet the waves roll on the tides go in the tides go out immovable unchangeable the seas did not listen to my cry they didn't care for my terror and yet we read here in psalm 77 of god listen to this that the waters saw him and withered the sea ran away in terror for god was walking by imagine that the oceans afraid and cowering away from their maker, lightning flashing, the thunders roaring, no footstep could be seen, but all knew that the Lord was present. For who else would the wind and the waves obey? Who else would they listen to? This is obviously a referral back to God's parting of the waters and Israel crossing the Red Sea behind Moses and Aaron. It is not just that God cares for us, and is for us. It is that the things that frighten us are frightened of God. And I do believe the crossing of the Red Sea is a picture of something much greater. The Apostle Paul refers to it as Israel's baptism in Corinthians, that is to die with Christ and live a new life. The sea has swallowed its thousands without remorse, but death has taken all those and more. The sea has been set its limits, but death travels near and far. Indeed, the whole world over. The highest mountains, the lowest valleys, peaceful dwellings, tranquil forests, beautiful gardens, it matters not to death. It robs and takes as it pleases. Indeed, death is never satisfied. And yet of Christ we read that death could not keep a hold of him. Imagine someone who had so much life in himself that death couldn't keep the life out of him. And now, as Moses and Aaron led the people by the hand, so we can take Christ by the hand and even walk through things as terrifying as death, as safely as Israel did the Red Sea. Believer, keep on believing. Do not let your hardships overwhelm you. Remember, as Asaph does, the wonderful deeds of God and the great lengths he has gone to, to rescue you, to rescue us. Have you never believed? Then believe now. Consider God's deeds. Your heart may be telling you no one cares, but it is a lie. Consider the lengths God has gone to, to reveal himself, to show you that he cares. Take him by the hand and walk with him. It's what he wants for you it's what he invites you to please pray with me Heavenly Father we want your hand through the storms of life through the ups and downs whether our mountain peaks or deep valleys whether we have much profit or much loss whether our bodies ache, or our hearts, our souls, or our minds, or, the, or those of the loved ones near us, Lord, we remember that you have gone to great lengths to keep your promises, to reveal who you are, a good and gracious king, a lowly leader who's willing to take us by the hand, and lead us through all the troubles that life might throw with us. To you we commit ourselves. Amen.